It's a beautiful morning. The birds are chirping. The sun is shining. And you're listening to Breakfast with Razzy. Next up, some smooth jazz on your drive to unemployment. What the I know it's mean to say you're green, but you gots to leave WWE. You're not fit to be the shit, so stay at home and make my grits. <laughs> That's the first verse. If anybody's looking for a new co-host for any radio <laughs> show, I'm available. Good evening, wrestling fans, entertainment fans, and the Anthony of wrestling-news.com. I want to thank you very much for listening tonight. Oh, how I had no idea that the wrestling world was filled with atheists. Dixie, you are forgiven. Hi, I'm Kermit D. Frog. I am the new GM for Raw. NXT! NXT! Yay! Get the fuck out of here. Go into the TNA Impact Zone with one of those metal detector wands, and when Hogan comes out to cut his promo and he's doing the air guitar, just turn the fucking thing on. <laughs> Since youngins do listen, some of your youngins out there do listen, I think it's a little bit too inappropriate to be using the word cut on this show. People out there, remind me in a little while the word Hindu. That's how the shows go. If you're new to the show, whatever comes to my mind, that's what I say. <laughs> uh, total non-stop Anthony That's what you got tonight Total non-stop Anthony Total non-stop Anthony Total non-stop Exclamation point everyone Exclamation point Can't wait to get into the AEW discussion On this episode of Breakfast with Blossy What's up everyone Happy New Year. It is January 2nd, 2019. Welcome to this edition of Breakfast with Blossy. I am Don Tony. Thank you for listening as always. Thank you for your support. And thank you for making 2018 by far the most successful year, uh, the biggest year that I have ever been a part of. Uh, between this show, Breakfast Soup, our Patreon page, Fucking awesome, man. This week in wrestling history, Don, Tony, and Kevin Castle show, blah, blah, blah. Now doing a pay-per-view recaps, and I am so looking forward. Starting next Tuesday, January 8th, 2019, we go live after SmackDown every week. It will be available on Patreon. I can't tell you how many people have been asking us to do this. It's got to be at least a dozen years, maybe even longer. Um... You know, I talked last week about the logistics, why it was never done, but I think it's time for us to do it. The overwhelming audience out there and all the listeners, it's just been unbelievable. 2018 was just a monster year for everything that I'm a part of. And all I could say is thank you. You make it so much fun. It is just awesome. And I want to give a special shout out for our Patreon family, truly the stockholders of what we do. They are the reason why not only are we still in business and these shows are free for everyone, but they truly dictate where these shows go. And this is going to be an interesting episode. It's going to be a quick one because as you could hear, I am very much under the weather. I did not go to Manhattan to see the ball drop. My brother actually had the opportunity to do so. I am so glad I didn't go. He has a friend who is a sergeant in the police force and they got up close and personal, right near the ball. I got pictures that my brother sent me, and I, yeah, I was jealous. But I didn't feel well. I didn't want to stand out in Times Square wearing just a poncho because you're not allowed to bring umbrellas by Times Square when the ball drops. And uh, I stood home. I went out to dinner earlier, got some sushi with my girlfriend, and I promised my girlfriend, because Monday was a recorded episode of the Don, Tony, and Kevin Castle show, but I still streamed it on the servers live because a lot of our live listeners, not only do they like to hear the show live, but they like to chat with each other. They like to debate with each other as they're listening to the show. So I kept the servers open, and I told her, I was like, look, when the clock strikes midnight, 
Yes, we will wish each other a happy new year. Give ourselves a nice little hot, wet kiss. Call my mom and my dad, text my brother. But I want to go right on the server and surprise everybody tuning in live and wish them a happy new year as well. And I made sure I did that. So everybody who tuned in live Monday, it was a lot of fun to chat with you live for a little bit. But as you can hear, I am really under the weather. So I'm going to give you this episode and get out of here as quickly as possible. Now, All Elite Wrestling, biggest story going on the last couple of days, with the exception of the unfortunate passing of Mean Gene Oakland, died earlier today at the age of 76. I think a lot of people may not realize that he had, I believe, three kidney transplants. I could be wrong on that, but I'm pretty sure it's three. This guy was living on borrowed time for a long time. I think people that knew him personally in his inner circle that the last couple of years have been gravy. And God bless this man. He entertained me so much growing up as a wrestling fan. Sure, he didn't wrestle. Yes, he had novelty matches with Hogan. He had another novelty match here and there. But that wasn't his job. His job was to be a commentator. He did play-by-play a little bit. Watch a couple of shows in the WWE Network. You will hear him doing some play-by-play in the mid-80s. But his claim to fame and his niche was being the backstage announcer um, for the wrestlers. And he would introduce wrestlers as well. Did that mostly, I think, in the AWA, which wasn't bad. But, man, just, just watching him interview the wrestlers. And the best part about it was he would mingle with the wrestlers. He wouldn't just sit there and say, you know, by my side, the current WWF champion, Bob Backlund. And yes, Vince McMahon would do that too. I mean, that was his job more than anything. But they had a couple other people that would do it as well. But Mean Gene made it entertaining. And he would ask some interesting questions, get some interesting responses. And thank God for YouTube because you can watch clip after clip after clip after clip. It's not just WWF, it's AWA as well, some WCW, where, you know, wrestlers got him to laugh a little bit. Me growing up, my mom used to watch the Carol Burnett show. Never liked it. Never was a fan of it. But the one thing that I remember as a very, very young kid is that when I used to watch the show with my mom, like sometimes, you know, the comedians would break out of character. Things were so funny that they just couldn't stop laughing. And yeah, when you're a professional comedian doing a comedy show or, you know, a variety show, you know, the challenge is is to stay in character. You're playing a role in a skit or something. But I noticed on Carol Burnett over and over and over again, they would break character. And Tim Conway and some of the others wouldn't give a fuck. They would just start laughing. And I would find myself laughing too, not even realizing, like, why am I laughing? Like, they're breaking character, but I thought it was funny. And then when it carried over into wrestling and to see Mean Gene Oakland interview like Roddy Piper or Paul Orndorff, and later on I got to see some vintage stuff that he did with Dr. D, uh, David Schultz in AWA, and he would just you know, so hard, like holding the laughter. And sometimes he would just have to turn away and he would be busting out a laugh. And it made me laugh too. And it wasn't, you know, you're not supposed to do that at that time. But what was awesome about it, all of these interviews were pre-recorded. They could have easily done a second, a third, a fourth take until they did it where Mean Gene wasn't laughing. They left it. And it was just really hilarious, organic You know, the WCW hotline, like I wrote on Twitter earlier today and people got a kick out of it. You know, we heard that he had passed away. And I added that if you want the lowdown on his passing, call the WCW hotline at 1-900-909-9900. Children, get your parents' permission before calling. That was burned in my brain back in the day because Mean Gene would be shilling that hotline to death and WCW made some nice cash off of that hotline. I mean, me as a, as a wrestling fan growing up, yeah, I called the WCW hotline on occasion. You know, it didn't, that wasn't my inspiration to do my own hotline, but I used to call it, you know, my favorite hotline of all time, the call was ECW, because I used to 
win merchandise all the fucking time. I've told the stories before. I can't believe you don't ever hear anybody telling the story about the ECW hotline, but um, I'll, I'll admit it now. And I've said it before, probably on Patreon more than anything. When the ECW had their hotline, and I'm not talking about Brian Pillman's hotline because he had the hotline too right when uh, he was leaving ECW. Was it 1-900-909-PILL? I think it was. You know, they won't tell you the truth, but I will tell you the truth. And shh, you might just hear something you're not supposed to. Come on. Fucking remember this shit like it was yesterday, but the ECW hotline, when you would call, there would be different options. You press one for this, press two for this. They used to have a trivia that you, if you answered five questions correctly, after the beep, you would leave your name and address, and they would send you a hat, a shirt, you know, just something. And what was what would happen is the questions would be repeated all the time. And because I was such an avid fan of ECW, I pretty much knew the answers. And any questions that I wasn't sure of, eventually they would ask the question again. So yeah, even though I would spend two, four, six dollars for the call, eight dollars for the call, I get myself a $15 hat or a $15 shirt in return. So I called that hotline over and over and over again. I'd answer the questions. Boom. One day I was Anthony de Blasi. Another day I was Nick de Blasi. And then one day I'd be Alban Salam. Another day I would be, uh, I don't know, uh, Marty Savinovich. Or I would just use different names, use two addresses, my office and my house, and it was funny because whenever I used my house, I would say apartment one, apartment 5A, apartment D3. But there was one family house. So, you know, the, the, the postman would always deliver it no matter what. And I fucking racked up on ECW merchandise. Didn't take advantage of it. Look, I called. They kept asking the same questions. I kept hitting the same answers. And I got my prizes. But Mean Gene Oakland, thank you for entertaining me so much when I was a kid. You know, I know we always, these days here, another part of my childhood is gone. You know, it. it yes, that's true. But a, a true legacy is gone. And not only that, you go back to the wrestling of the 80s. You know, is there anybody else that comes close as far as backstage announcing and stuff? They, I mean, we truly have lost, you know, the greatest. And... um you know, nobody has really even come close since then, maybe even before that. So rest in peace, Mean Gene Oakland. Tons and tons of tributes. And what I loved about today, smiles. Everybody looking back. You know, I talked about it last week on Breakfast Soup that, you know, when I die, I want, you know, I want my funeral similar to what my family members have had when they have died. My family, when someone passes away after the funeral is over, uh, we all go out to eat. And, you know, it's like a table of 20, 30, 40 people, just the close members of the family. And we eat and we laugh and we celebrate. And, yeah, there's some tears shed, but for the most part, it's a celebration. Done it, you know, for the few times I've had to go to funerals for close members. My grandparents, thank God both of my parents are still here. But um, we go out to eat. And I always say, you know, when, when it's time for me to go, I want nothing but smiles, no crying, no, you know, no tears, just smiles, you know. So I, it's just nice to see everybody online smiling, reminiscing and laughing. Rest in peace, Mean Gene Oakland. So now we go back to AEW. And before that, I want to shout out some of our new and returning patrons, um, I know because we're at the beginning of the month, not everybody's been processed yet. In fact, some of these may even be existing patrons, but the way it was processed, it looks new. But I want to shout out Brandon, Chris, Teague Cogdill, Lindsey Manns, Ryan Daly, Minchia, uh, it's Robbie Alice and ROTV. Put it all as one word, confuse the fuck out of me, you bastard. And I say that with love. JB Buff Bell, Tyrese, the future New Jersey state trooper. I want a fucking PBA card when you become a state trooper. Worst ticket I ever got was because of a state trooper. In fact, I'll tell you a quick story since it has a little bit to do with wrestling. Low Life Louis Ramos, one of the nicest men that I've ever come across in the world of pro wrestling, beloved here in the Northeast, especially. 
Um, in fact, I know a lot of indie wrestlers still listen to this show. So if you still communicate with Louie, please send my regards to him. Um, about 10 years ago, he got married and I was in his wedding party. And I remember I had to drive to Jersey to get fit for a tux for his wedding. So at the time, I had my El Dorado. I also had my white 89 LSE, Lincoln Mark 7, and a 91 black LSE. I still got the black one. Caddy's gone, the white one's LSE's gone as well. But at that time, you know, I used to love cruising with my LSE. They're fun to drive. That's why I still have my black one. So the day that I went to Jersey to get fifth for the Tux, I took the white LSE. And I don't speed, but I enjoy cruising with the car. So I go to Jersey. Now, I'm not familiar with Jersey. I don't know exactly where I'm going, but I have an idea. I have the directions written down. And all I remember is that the mall was on the left of this big uh, interstate that I was on. And I was running a little bit low on gas. So as I'm driving, my thought was, all right, let me go to the mall. Let me get the tux and I'll get gas on the way home, blah, 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 blah. I remember it was the summertime. It was almost 100 degrees. That I remember clearly. And next thing I know, I see a sign that says gas ahead, next gas station, like 20, 30 miles. I don't remember exactly, but it was a long time. I was like, fuck, I got to get gas now because I don't want to take the chance of, you know, running low, you know, empty. So I'm in the far left lane. The gas station is in the right lane. Now it's coming up in like a mile or two. And when you're driving, you know, a mile or two could be within a minute or so. So I'm in the far left lane and there's a car on my right. I don't know if the car was doing it on purpose, but I slowed up so the car would go past me so I could put my blinker on and go to the right lanes and pull into the gas station. So when I slowed up, he, it seemed like he slowed as well. And I'm like, motherfucker, you know, I got to get over to the right lane. So there were cars behind me. So it's not like I could have gone to a dead stop. So I slowed down even more. I can't get this guy to drive in front of me. So I said, fuck it. I hit the gas. I got in front of him, put my blinker on, and I go over the two lanes, and I pulled into the gas station almost immediately. The gas station showed up. I'm like, cool. So I go into the gas station, go get gas. I remember clearly it being almost 100 degrees, and I'm not kidding. I think it was almost 100 degrees. So I go and get a soda, and I'm pumping gas, and I'm in the gas station for about five or 10 minutes. So now I'm done with the gas. And I'm pulling out of the gas station. Now, I remember there was no traffic light and there were a lot of cars on the road because this was in the early afternoon. So I remember like sitting at the edge of the gas station waiting for the cars to go by so I could go back on this interstate. So finally, I get the opportunity to put my blinker on, to have my seatbelt on, and everything's fine. I go back onto the interstate. Not even 10, 20 seconds later, there's a state trooper behind my ass, lights on and everything. I thought he wanted me to pull over to the side so he could go past me. So I pull over, but I don't stop. I just pulled over to the right so he could go by. And he goes over to the right with me and he's on my ass. And I'm like, what the fuck? What did I do? I just pulled out of the gas station. I had my blinker on. I had my seatbelt on. My tint was legal. I The only thing I thought of was, oh, maybe my bulb went out, my blinker bulb. So I pull over and he sits in his car for about five minutes and I'm saying to myself, I got to get to this place. You know, I'm, I got an appointment. Why did this guy pull me over? So finally he walks over to my car and he says, license, registration, insurance card. I said, officer, can you tell me what I did? And he wouldn't tell me at first. He just insisted on my papers. I give him the papers. He's looking at it. He's looking at it. He's looking at it. And I'm saying to him, officer, I didn't do anything wrong. He says, you were speeding. I said, officer, I wasn't speeding. I said, I just pulled out of the gas station. I didn't even have the chance to even get up to the speed limit. He says, no, 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 before the gas station. I looked at him, I said, before the gas station, what are you talking about? He says, you cut across three lanes of traffic and sped into the gas station. And then I realized, and I was like, are you fucking, I didn't say it to him, but I'm saying, are you fucking kidding me? I said to the officer, I said, officer, I said, I was low on gas, almost on empty. I said, I tried to go over to the right and the car next to me would not let me get in front of him or behind him. So I had to step on the gas to go in front of him so I could pull him to the gas station. I wasn't speeding. I was driving the speed limit the whole time. Anyway, bottom line is he gives me a fucking ticket, says I was doing like, I don't know, 72 and a 65 or something like that. It was like seven miles over the limit. But 
I got the ticket. Next thing I know, like I got to find a lawyer and I have to go back to court in Jersey. And I don't live in Jersey. It ended up, I had to pay some guy on the internet to represent me. And he got the ticket chopped down to like a parking ticket. But I ended up spending about 600 bucks because of a bullshit ticket. All I did was speed up so I could get in front of someone to pull into a gas station. And the fucking guy gave me a ticket. He saw everything that I was doing and still gave me a fucking ticket. It's fucked up. I'm telling you. Not as bad as what happened in Long Island that time when I had the LSC. I already told you guys that story, you know, with the cop in Long Island. But this one cost me a boatload. So shout out to Ryan Crocho, uh, Grucho, Haidcom, Zach Colbreth, and Nick Lambert. As you could hear, I'm starting to lose my voice. I'm, it was really under the weather two days ago. Well, yesterday, really. Um, but we'll get through this. So I want to thank them for signing up. And please, everyone, if you want to help keep these shows free, keep the lights on, the bills paid, and in return get a boatload of exclusive content, consider our Patreon, patreon.com slash Don Tony. This past weekend, we posted for everyone uh, a sample of the most recent episode of Breakfast Soup that Mish and I did. Got almost three hours. That's available for everybody listening. And it gives you an idea of, you know, what you're missing on Patreon. We will be posting a sample episode of Castle Chronicles shortly. So you'll get that as well. But sign up. And uh, not only will you get a lot of uh, stuff in return, but you'll join a very tight-knit family and truly be one of the stockholders of what we do. And uh, thank you for everyone again who was there. So now I want to get into AEW. And forgive me, everyone. I have about six, seven minutes of audio that I need to replay for everyone. About four of it is from an episode of the Don, Tony, and Kevin Castle show from about a month ago. And then the remaining two, three minutes is uh, a clip from Breakfast with Blasi that followed the following week. It's very important that I play that because within the last 24 to 36 hours, it was announced that All Elite Wrestling was being created. It was being formed. It's going to be an indie promotion. Hundreds of indie promotions out there. It's not a bad thing, but it's being formed. And what we have been telling you was going to happen over the last month is happening hook, line, and sinker. It's just amazing how quick it happened. Now, what transpired is Cody Rhodes made an announcement that All Elite Wrestling was going to be formed as a promotion. It's financed by Tony Khan, who is the son of the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, Shahid Khan. That family's a billionaire. They're billionaires. They got bucks. All right. That doesn't mean that they were going to be investing millions and tens of millions in this company. All right. Sinclair owns Ring of Honor. All right. You don't see that kind of money being thrown Ring of Honor's way. All right. But... This is something that obviously they want to profit. Obviously, they want it to be a success. And who knows where it'll go. But the funny thing is, is that started getting showered with PMs and emails and tweets today saying, oh, DT, what do you have to say now? And I had to like do a double take. I went back and I listened to Breakfast with Blasi, Don Tony Kevin Castle show and Breakfast Soup. Didn't listen to all the episodes but I listened to just the parts about AEW. And what I find that's interesting is that not one second do you hear us criticizing Cody Rhodes. Not one second do you hear us criticizing the Young Bucks. Not one second do you hear us criticizing Tony Khan. You know who you hear us criticizing? The websites, the podcasts, and the blogs that were talking about how AJ Styles was going to leave WWE and sign with AEW, that the, the Good Brothers are going to go there, that CM Punk could possibly be signed, and it's going to compete with WWE, and this is the alternative, and this is what we've been waiting for. And Kevin and I had a field day with it because they're like, this is fucking trademarks right now. There's nothing else but trademarks. And even that, show me contracts, show me venues, show me TV deals. You know, they're just reporting it like the next WCW is being formed. And that's just reckless and careless. And they were reporting Jericho was financially involved. They were reporting Jim Ross was financially involved. And when out of their own mouths, they were saying, look, you're wrong. They didn't even report it because they wanted you to see a certain narration of what this was going to be. So the announcement is made. Within two hours today, 
two hours. No TV deal, no dates announced, no roster, no contracts, no exclusive deals, nothing. Within two hours today, you have main websites, big time websites reporting, and I quote, AJ Styles could leave WWE for All Elite Wrestling. Other websites, All Elite Wrestling looking to sign CM Punk. Fucking goofy matarats. Wade Keller writes, WWE, AEW, Ring of Honor will now be competing for talent going forward. The fuck are you talking about? Tell me what has been done other than an announcement. You have other websites. AEW signs their first five talents to contracts. You seen that? And you click on it, and who is signed? The Young Bucks, Hangman, Cody Rhodes, and Brandy Rhodes. They're all fucking involved in a promotion. They're, not, they're signing figurative contracts. If I start a business up and I say, oh, we just signed three people to an exclusive deal and the fucking people signed it, the people behind the scenes, the fuck you talking about? I've said this for the last month and I'm going to give people a little refresher because as I said, when we opened up the show, unfortunately, there are people out there and there's a nice chunk of them that only hear what they want to hear. They don't listen. We said all along, that AEW could form as a promotion. And if it does, we hope it kicks fucking ass because it'll give us another form of entertainment to enjoy other than this fucking ridiculous shit that's been going on with WWE. Never once did you ever hear Kev or myself laugh at AEW and say it's ridiculous. But we were talking about the people that are already saying it's going to put WWE out of business before it even announced a fucking talent signed to an exclusive deal. Before even the first fucking venue was booked, even the first fucking TV deal. There's nothing done yet. All we said all along is keep it in perspective. You want it to succeed? Nothing wrong with that. But just to give you a little refresher, this is what Kevin and I said within the last month about All Elite Wrestling. As of right now, look, things could change. Obviously, things could change. But right now, all it is is future wrestling events. They're trademarking certain things so they can sell merchandise, video, stuff like that, right. and try to eliminate as much pirated stuff as possible. Right. It doesn't mean it's a promotion with a TV deal. Yeah. And, and that was the whole point of our discussion last week. And you had to see these people on YouTube that are ripping us apart. Links for this, links uh, for that. I, I, know, I saw that. They go, yeah, how do you guys feel now? I'm like, how do you feel, moron? You haven't proved anything. Yeah, what, you're, you're proving what, what our point. You prove nothing. You never, the, 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 I, I saw everyone. The, the, the Good Brothers are going to go there and the Revival. Go where? Finish, finishing up. Going where? There is no promotion, fucking jackass. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, so some people who already are uh, giving us the headline. Becky is definitely headlining WrestleMania. I, there's no evidence of that. Again, this is an opinion show. I guess opinions uh, vary, as they say. But uh, just to, to mislead people purposely. And DT, I think it's even like a delusion for some of these people. I, don't, I think that they don't think they're misleading people. I think they think this is real. All Elite Wrestling is an event. It's an there, event. It's not a promotion. It, right. It's, it's not a television promotion deal company. Exactly. WWE, right. right. So, you know, the, it, one step at a time, everyone. Would I like it to see it be a promotion? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah that's not the point. Absolutely. If I had a choice of seeing that or fucking the current state of Raw with Baron Corbin, you know, putting us through this agony just so Braun Strowman's gonna like do this for us. You know, get rid of fucking Baron Corbin as the GM for us. Oh, thank you, Baron. Uh, thank you, Braun Strowman. Thank you, Braun Strowman. You know, and how do we thank him? You know, by watching WrestleMania. By and this is gonna lead momentum into him versus Brock Lesnar. This is a whole one step process. You know, annoy people so fucking much. So when he comes back for us and fucks with Baron Corbin, he's going to get a massive goddamn pop. Well, yeah, but the whole thing, DT, like you said, they're just doing trademarks steps at a time. But yeah. to make to make declarations that aren't there yet is just kind of, you know. Yeah, it's ignorant. 
It's ignorant. It it's just ign- doesn't. It holds no water. I mean, there's there's nothing factual there yet, except other than a speculation that something's going to yeah. happen. If it does, great. You know, guess what? There were territories back in the day. There was about 15 different uh, territories you could watch wrestling. It was great, and I loved it. So it would be great to have another alternative for the guys to go work instead of going to Canada to go to, you know, uh, impact ta- uh, impact tapings or whatever. I would love to see it, but it's just it's not there yet. So why? How can you declare? There's no anything? there there. <laughs> right? There's no there. there. Nakamura's going there. Going where? <laughs> there's no there there. Where's he going? Seriously? I know for a, I know for a fact the revival would be tag team champions. There. Well, I can't believe some of the things some podcasts are saying. I can't believe it. I am almost in shock. It's shocked. I, I you know. Kev, we have always dealt with people like that over the years, going back to hotline days, but I've never seen it this bad where it's just like, you know, they, and when they're corrected and they know that they're wrong, and like I said, even the Jim Ross stuff, Jim Ross is basically saying, are you out of your goddamn minds? Yeah. And they just ignore it. Because they, yeah. Oh, man. Um, it's uh, good. I'm I'm happy for the revival of they're going to get the belts over there. I'm happy for that. Over where? Uh, over there, that thing that they're doing over yeah, there. Yeah, I mean, yeah. look, if they do an event here <laughs> and there, you know, that's fine. But you know, it's it's uh, you can't. Nakamura's on the next bus out to there. DT over he where is, he's he, he's on his way there. Oh man, over and, where? Uh, there. I appreciate everyone who took the time Monday to listen to the entire conversation that Kevin and I had about this AWE or AEW All Elite Wrestling stuff. All right. I'm not shitting on the possibility of a promotion being formed. I would love it. I would love another form of entertainment. Okay. When I see people writing, they're going to prove you wrong. Prove what wrong? I'm just spelling out facts right now that people are taking trademarks for future all-in type events and turning it into a promotion with TV, with weekly shows. And that is just not the case. I don't give a fuck what Skybox Cody Rhodes was sitting in in an NFL game this weekend. The fuck does that mean? That all of a sudden the promotion's being formed and TV is being done and fucking contracts are being... Come on, seriously? This past Monday on the DTKC show for the Blackheart Awards, I said, unfortunately, there was no award that we could give for All In. just didn't fit the categories. But I continued to sing the praise for Conrad, Cody, the Young Bucks, everybody who was involved in All In. Financial success. I can't remember the last time an event drew like that money-wise, other than maybe California a long time ago. But you also had to keep in perspective, it was a four-day event. What they did with Podcast Row was genius. They made podcasts that draw 40 listeners feel like a million dollars, that they were going to be part of this big podcast role and mingling with legends, this and that, and they were going to do interviews, and they were going to get all this publicity. And at the end of the day, it was a business. It was about generating money. It's about generating as much publicity and promotion for this event as possible. And they succeeded and they made a killing. They knew what to do and they did it right. It's a business. And yeah, there are a lot of podcasts out there that feel that the way that they did it was fucked up. Some podcasts really have buyer's remorse because they dumped thousands and thousands of dollars to be part of this thing. And at the end of the day, They were just like any other person going to this event. Nothing wrong with that. It's business. But each event for All In is not going to be a four-day extravaganza. You're not going to have 50 Hall of Famers and legends again. At the end of the day, it's going to come to a point where it's going to be a regular wrestling event. And when you look at the card that would be lined up for All In, it's going to look awfully familiar to Ring of Honor. It's going to look awfully familiar with Impact Wrestling, some other feds across the United States. Maybe you get some wrestlers from New Japan. But at the end of the day, tell me what is so different from Cody and the Young Bucks wrestling for AEW or wrestling for Ring of Honor or another place. Number one, they're behind the scenes. They're running the show. That's the biggest difference. But number two, I'm going to tell you right now, I am already going to say it, Cody and the Young Bucks and anybody else that's involved behind the scenes, 
They are going to be fucking genius with this promotion. Again, when you listen to everything that we talked about for that month, our focus was all of these people blowing this shit up before anything was formed. And Cody and the Young Bucks are going to push those buttons and they are going to be financial geniuses with this. Will it be a success? We have no idea. Nothing's been done yet. But this is what's going to happen. After All In was over, you might remember the infamous discussion that I said that within a couple of months, you're going to have this All In withdrawal for all of the fans that went to the weekend in Chicago, for all of the fans that streamed it online, all of the fans that had the Bullet Club show, and I'm not saying all Bullet Club fans are like this, but I'm saying just just the stereotype. There's this group of fans out there that despise WWE, that want an alternative, and they felt that they were part of a movement with All In. And after a couple of months, when All In was history, and the thousand dollar sign turnbuckle now only goes for a buck fifty. All right. And you realize the amount of money and attention you gave towards it, and it was just a one time event, not a promotion. What did I say four months ago? I said that they will form a business because they need to trademark these events. This way, nobody could pirate it. And not only that, who was behind the scenes with All In? Everybody, oh, Ring of Honor got the success. Ring of Honor was so heavily involved. And what did I say? How come Ring of Honor is not using that as part of their publicity, trying to get other venues? Look what we did with All In. We could do this here. Did you notice how nobody took the success from All In and used it for their own company to try to get other business elsewhere? Because they weren't involved as much as you thought. So Cody and the Young Bucks got an investor, They set up a corporation and now they're going to do events just like all in before under the AEW name. But if there's no weekly TV, if you're not signing people to exclusive yearly deals, if you're not doing tapings every week, it's another ring of honor. It's another Lucha Underground. And there is fucking nothing wrong with that. But again, what's going to be different? Just seriously. Anybody out there, very, very quickly, even if you're huge fans of Lucha Underground or Ring of Honor, could you tell, obviously I can't hear you, but could you say out loud right now, all of the people that own and run Ring of Honor and Lucha Underground, you might be able to come up with one or two names, but you have to think about it and you don't really interact with those people. Cody and the Young Bucks are going to make AEW feel like a movement. They're going to be so interactive. Buy a merchandise. You want us to survive? Buy a merchandise. Remember when uh, Aralucha was was going to be formed and they did this campaign where fans could actually invest like $1,000 and you would have like 1% ownership in the company and you would have this and you would have... And they're going to make you feel that you're part of a movement buy our merchandise, plug AEW everywhere. This is going to be the number two. We're going to be the alternative. And the funny thing about it is they're not going to tell the world that they're going to compete with WWE. They're not going to tell the world that they're going to do this and do this and do that. They're going to let the fans speak for them. They're going to let these websites fucking inflate this to almost a level of orgasm. And you saw it today. AJ Styles may leave WWE for AEW. What the fuck are you basing that on? You're taking fantasy and hope. You're turning it into news. That is a big mistake. And Cody and the Young Bucks are noticing that. They're going to capitalize on it. And you're going to see this shit being inflated and blown up to something that we'll see what happens. But you got to keep things in perspective. Never once did you hear Kevin and I laugh at the idea of AEW being launched. You never heard us laugh at Cody and the Young. I have been one of the few that have said that they're fucking geniuses for the way that they fucking milked so many podcasts and people that went to All In. All right. Was it malice? They didn't fucking want to hurt anybody. They didn't want to make money. It's a business. And they're going to be geniuses. They're going to see there are fans out there that have to feel like they're part of a movement.
we always talk about how come there's so many people right after you watch Raw that they got to put their their fucking webcam on and go on YouTube and talk about this and talk about that. Meanwhile, they don't have a face for radio. Meanwhile, they don't have a voice for radio. They don't have any followers whatsoever. But why do they do that? All right. Maybe they want to be a broadcaster in the future and they're practicing. Fine. Maybe they're such a big fan of wrestling that they just want to give back. They want that feeling given back. Fine. But there are a lot of people out there that just have no direction, that have to feel that they're part of a movement, have to feel that they're part of a family, have to feel that they're part of something. That's why you have so many people trying to write these tweets to get these likes. And it's just a feeling of insecurity. And I'm telling you, Cody and the Young Bucks are going to maximize on that. You will not find any other promotion out there that's going to make you feel like you have to buy this and you have to do this and you have to do this because you're part of a movement. You're going to do this. You're going to make history. You're going to do this. And at the end of the day, it's a business. But let's wait and see what gets formed. Contracts, TV deals, events, not just one event. You know, let's see a multitude of, you know, things forming. Then you could talk about this stuff. But people are already talking about it. Fucking AJ Styles leaving to go to what? To go to what? So anyway, I think I ranted enough. I know I'm starting to lose my voice a little bit. Want to shout out our associate producers, Tyg Z Bowers, Matthew, Joseph Nicoluk, Stell, Rob from Nashville, John Krauser, Tony, Michael Rhino, Bad Boy Nico, Paul Convoy, Daniel Williams, Danes Valdez, Justin Rebstock, John Miller, Mark Redmond, John Steck, John Coffey, Andrew914, Zach Spunamori, Jerry Stewart, Magic Johnson, Paul Woods Jr., Rich Maharg, Adam Demoy, Diogo Nobre, Johnny Marin, Michael Westfall, Brandon Foley, Chuck Lentz, Vilnius Havoc, Courtney Summers, Billy Taylor, Nico Time, Asano Hashmi, Brent Webster, Aaron Walker, Aaron Kloss, Out Nahia, Anthony Smith, James Grusin, Mark Israel, Jeffrey Collins, Lucia Dalban, Tim Everhart, Bob O'Mac, Mandingo Chamberlain, Josh Wilson, Jason Pratt, Scott Woodford, CJ Uihara, Crestman, James Deal, John L. J. Trump, Russell Zavala, Murakums Jr., Douglas McKay, Anna DeGay Banana, Julian LeBlanc, Carl Butoge, Cheese of Rice, Brandon Rice, Spider Lewin, Metaphor Isaac Fox, Rob McKay, Brian Byrne, Daniel Warren, and Michael Cuomo. Wow, does my voice sound horrible? <laughs> well, I promised you a show. I'd give it to you. So let's finish this up. For those that are in the Florida area, very, very cool opportunity to meet Chris Jericho. He's going to be at the Bang TV soundstage in Ocala, Florida on Saturday, January 12th. Uh, they're going to have a wrestling event, entertainment. And it's going to be $45 for the entire night. The proceeds are going to be donated to four charities. It's going to be Champion for Champions, which helps special needs children. Marion County Humane Society. Feed the Need, which is a food program for homeless children. And the Superintendent's Literacy Fund. Um, it's just, it's a really, really cool event to go to. Doors open at five. If you want more details, you could call 352-895-4658. But again, Chris Jericho will be there and all the proceeds going for charity. That's awesome. And, you know, speaking of Jericho, what I was saying with All In earlier and AEW, got to remember something. Chris Jericho is very good friends with um, Don Callis, Kenny Omega, and others. He's got a lot of friends in wrestling. He wants to see people succeed. I have no doubt that people in WWE are going to wish AEW all the best. They're going to wish Cody all the best. Cody may have had, uh, you know, not the greatest exit from WWE and maybe have not said, you know, such kind words in recent years. But Cody is a very likable person amongst his peers. Cody's not an asshole. Yeah, on Twitter, you know, he has his issues and, you know, just watching him get owned by Joey Numbers is pretty funny. But um, as far as his wrestling peers go, they like him. The Young Bucks, right? Maybe they come off a little cocky online, but so, you know what I mean? So it's not like people want to see them fail, but you got to just understand the WWE machine and the billionaire company that they are. So, you know, if they think that there's even a hint of a threat of AEW, where's AEW going to get this talent from? Japan? That's fine. But you've had other companies bring in talent from Japan. What makes it different? Because Cody and the Young Bucks are behind the scenes now? Because you feel like that you're part of this movement? 
at the end of the day, it's a business. At the end of the day, think of the roster, think of the talent. And then when you compare it to other events, it's going to look very, very similar. You can't have these four-day extravaganzas like before. At the end of the day, eventually it's going to be just a, a, a promotion. And how big that promotion goes, you know, we'll wait and see. But when you have people carelessly out there trying to put it in the same sentence with Ring of Honor and Impact Wrestling and WWE, you know, that's fucking ludicrous. Now, with the exception of Dave Meltzer, Dave Meltzer is a huge supporter of Japanese wrestling. He's a huge supporter of Cody and the Young Bucks. So, yeah, he has a bias towards those guys. There's nothing wrong with that. Nothing is forcing you to read what he has to say or what he believes is going to happen. Any of, any of us that has friends that open a business, you want them to fucking make a trillion dollars. You have a business, you want to succeed to the biggest possible outcome imaginable. So in AEW's eyes and the guys that are involved with that, why not shoot for the stars? Nothing wrong with that. But for everyone else, you got to keep things in fucking perspective. Because if it doesn't pan out that way, not only are you going to be tremendously let down, but... You know, you're letting your fucking listeners and your followers down as well. You know, support it, hype it up, but there's a you know level of carelessness. Carelessness. You have to you have to take your fandomhood and and just your absolute fantasy and orgasmic feelings towards it and put that as opinion, not as news. Anyway, um, congratulations, Tammy Sitch. She is engaged and. Uh, she wrote on Facebook that her and her fiance were looking for wedding rings this week. So congrats to her. Uh, I really want to see nothing but the best for her. Uh, WWE announced that John Cena and Brock Lesnar will be on Raw next week. You know, uh, again, this whole we're going to shake things up really has not panned out. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what the ratings are next week. My opinion, the ratings will rebound. If anybody actually takes notice, Brock Lesnar has not been advertised a week in advance many times with WWE. Sometimes they'll announce it a day or two in advance online. But if you actually do some research and you research the Raws where Brock Lesnar was announced a week in advance, they always saw a little bump in the ratings. Brock Lesnar will definitely cause a bump in the ratings. John Cena, I don't know. So, but that's what you have to look forward to on Monday. I'm going to wrap this up shortly since obviously you can hear my voice. It's really given out. Uh, I will tell you that if my voice remains like this, I probably will not be on Monday's Don Tony and Kevin Castle show. Kev will likely uh, take the home solo. Uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, as far as this week in wrestling history, a lot of people want me to continue it for a second season. I will tell you that I definitely plan on doing episode one. And the reason why I'm doing episode one is because for those who caught on to these shows later on in the year last year, I never did an episode one. I actually started with episode two. And the reason why that happened for those who were asking is because up until the end of 2017, I started doing this week in wrestling history as part of the Don Tony Kevin Castle show. And that first week of January last year, fell into the week that we did the Don, Tony, and Kevin Castle show. So it wasn't until week two that I decided to make it its own show. So that's the reason why there was never an episode one for this week in wrestling history. But I am going to be doing an episode one uh, new, which will complete technically the first year. But if I decide to go forth, after that, I will let everybody know by next week. I'm leaning towards continuing it because there's so much other history that we, we've we just touched the surface that we can, you know, definitely, you know, refurbish these and put new clips and take old ones out and do a whole new second season. It's just two things, though. Number one, it's a crazy amount of work. I don't think anybody has a clue. You know, people ask often, why doesn't Kev Castle bring back This Week in Wrestling History, his version? And I say it all the time. Nothing is stopping him from doing that. But it's a lot of work. And honestly, I say it all the time. If I don't go balls out, I don't do it. And the fact that you support what we do, the fact that you sign up on Patreon, spread the word, just listen to us religiously every week, I owe it to you to give you nothing but 
my maximum effort. You know, I don't consider this a job. I love doing what I'm doing. And the fact that you all tune in, I couldn't ask for anything more. So I will let you know next week what will happen as far as this week in wrestling history going forward. If I do continue with the second season, there's so many audio moments that we can highlight that we didn't do the first time around. And there's a few other things. It won't be just the same show replayed. There will be moments that obviously we'll have to bring up again. We're covering this week in wrestling history. So there's important moments, you know, you could always have to bring up. So anyway, um, Nia Jax's tweet from over the weekend, pulling the race card in WWE. So much feedback from it. A lot of lashback as well. And I got news for you. Please, if you haven't done so already, or if you haven't done it in a couple of days, go back on Nia Jax's Twitter and look at that tweet. Look at the response. And this is what I had said on Monday. Nia Jax, anybody that has a big fan following, you're a public figure, you got to be really fucking careful. All right. I know, you know, because they all win awards now and because they all think that they're changing the world, you know, and there's nothing wrong with being inspiration to young people. Nothing wrong with that at all. And there's a lot of good that WWE does. And there's a lot of role models in that company, but you know, there's a line when you have to draw and you got to be really careful sometimes when you open your mouth and it's very, very quick to just say, oh, WWE, what about the brown people out there? And when you see tweet after tweet after tweet after tweet after tweet after tweet from all of these young people and others, yeah, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to see how many people she inflamed, you know, that are now like, yeah, WWE, why don't you focus this? That, that's just wrong. All right. You push people because they deserve it. Not always because of their skin color. Not always because of their sexual orientation. Yesterday, I was watching the Food Network with my girlfriend. And, you know, you see people battling. You know, they do these eliminations. They start off with four chefs. They do like a breakfast, and then they eliminate one person, and they do another meal, and eliminate a person. Until somebody's at the end, they get like 10 grand or something. They had a girl on. And, you know, she was... Everybody always gives a little bio about it themselves. And this woman was talking about how she's bisexual, she's gay. And she married her, you know, her sweetheart. And her mother was very disappointed in her. And she was in this cooking competition to show her mother that she can do it, this, this and that. And then later on, it turned into that, I want to show the boys that a girl could do it too. And then when the... um the chefs, the judges were asking her, like, why are you in this challenge? You know, then all of a sudden she's bringing up her gay marriage again and mother and this, that, and had nothing to do about cooking. And what happened? The first set of eliminations, she undercooked the meat that she was cooking. Everybody else, their food was pretty much fine. She didn't get eliminated. The person that did, everybody was shocked. Then the second set of eliminations, she fucked up again. Clearly, she was the one that should have been eliminated. She didn't get eliminated. I turned it off. It had nothing to do with, oh, I don't want a gay person winning the competition. It's just that you could see clearly that Food Network and that show, they needed to celebrate the fact that this person who really overcame, you know, because she's gay and this and that, that she won this cooking competition. And Nia Jax has got to be careful with shit like that. You know, as I said, Monday, you see the NBA with basketball and you see a bunch of awards given out and everybody's black. I don't turn around and say, well, how come there's no white people getting awards? NBA is racist. That's bullshit. That's ridiculous. So just because WWE puts four groups of women in photos that they, they have color on their mind, not everything should be based on race, sexual orientation, you know, gender. It should be based on who is the best. And what Nia Jax did was a big mistake. And look at the responses. This is what you got to be careful about. You got to stop that shit. There's too many people pulling that shit. Let people succeed. Let people advance. Let people get celebrated because of their abilities. Not simply because they're a woman. Not simply because they're black. Not simply because they're gay. Not. I mean, seriously, I say this all the time. I take pride. Yeah, I mean, look at me. I'm a white Italian guy, all right? I'm not going to even dare think that I had challenges, you know. They, they, yeah, I had it rough, but I know I had a better opportunity, but it's not because I was a white Italian guy. It's because my father worked three jobs when I was a kid. But I will say this, 
you know, I love taking pride. You know, when I go on Stitcher or go see our numbers for the shows and everything, I take pride knowing that, you know, we were the most listened to show other than, you know, the professionals out there like Bischoff and others, that we're the number one show, you know, simply because people tuned into us, not because we're this gender or this sexual orientation. Or if you win a fucking trophy, when I was a kid and I was in Little League and I won the trophy, I know I won that trophy because I fucking played to the best of my ability and had some success, not because I was a certain color or religion, you know, and that kind of sucks because then, you know, you always have to fear, oh, if I give this award to this person, I might be deemed a racist or homophobe. It's fucked up. That's why even though a lot of people may think Nia Jax's tweet was no big deal, no, it's a big fucking deal because she's not the only person doing it. There is a ton of people doing shit like that. No, no not acceptable in my opinion. Anyway, everyone, make sure you check out the Texas Podcast Massacre talk about it every week just awesome how they review films usually horror you know d films you know pop culture classics sometimes movies you never heard of before but their reviews are just as entertaining sometimes more entertaining than the movies how many people have said oh dtkc show we love that morning we watched wwe texas podcast massacre their reviews sometimes are more entertaining than the movies that they review shoot the defense shout out to stell it's a soccer podcast by fans for fans. And I know a lot of our international listeners are starting to get addicted to it. Shoot the defense. It's with a C at the end, not an S. Follow him, follow him on Twitter as well, at Shoot the Defense. Rock Reviews, very, very cool podcast reviewing music, mostly in the rock scene, grunge, metal, in a very unique way. DJ Dell's Sneaker Addict Dell's. I saw your PM on Twitter. I haven't responded yet, but I will definitely check out. He posted a really nice tribute to Mean Gene Oakland. He actually met Mean Gene in the past. And uh, man, just a really good podcast. And uh, Dell's knows, you know, there's some, Dell's knows that my loyalty for him was way before a lot of others out there. And uh, he's really good people, support his podcast. Sneaker Addict, don't just talk sneakers, everybody. It's really, really cool what he's got there. Elman Shah, displayed store. I am a customer. He has pop culture artwork that's put on metal. So if you have like a um, a band cave or an office, or even if you have like a movie room, I'm telling you, go on my website, dontony.com. Just click on his displayed store. He's got some awesome, awesome creative shit that he makes himself. And you'll be supporting one of our fellow friends of the show. Subzerocomics.com. And Your Best Bargains, LLC, they both have stores. You can find them. Um, Your Best Bargains, LLC is on Amazon and eBay under the same name. Sub-Zero Comics has a website, subzerocomics.com, wrestling, comic book, pop culture collectibles. And last but not least, Christ in the Toyverse, Bob O'Mac, good friend of the show, reviews, uh, figures, toys, um, just a very, very cool, unique way. And the review you did for the podcast, uh, The Bobblehead, was awesome. I fucking loved it. It just, I showed it to people uh, that don't even follow wrestling that just got a really good kick out of it. Everybody out there, you should be supporting all of these shows. Uh, they're all available and they all uh, are just awesome. And some of them have patrons as well. So please, you know, if you can uh, support more than just us, by all means. And by the way, Make sure you support Wrestling Soup, Mish, Joey Numbers, good people. Uh, John Draper is on there as well. They are on Thursday night, 9.30 p.m. Eastern. As I said, with us going live every Tuesday starting January 8th, uh, you know, every week we'll feature myself, Kev, Mish, or a combination thereof. So you will get something live every week that will be on Patreon. So everyone, be well. Follow me on Twitter at Don Tony D, the website dontony.com. Email me, dontony at dontony.com, facebook.com slash DTKC show. Remember, we launched the Reddit and we're going to start making that page a little more active since we have a lot of people who have signed up. Reddit.com slash DTKC show. And once again, patreon.com slash dontony. Sorry, everyone, if I'm just a little off today, as you could hear. You know, I'm really battling through this. You know, it's not just losing the voice, but I'm very under the weather. But I promised you all a show and I uh, hope you enjoyed it. So uh, hopefully I'll be back Monday with Kev. 
for the DTKC show. Otherwise, um, for patrons, don't forget, tomorrow, January 3rd, Kev returns with Castle Chronicles, his solo show. I will return uh, for now on Monday, January 7th with the DTKC show. Next Wednesday will be Breakfast Soup on Patreon with Mish. And uh, we'll go from there. Take care, everyone. Be well. Talk to you soon. Ciao. Support the Don, Tony, and Kevin Castle Show on Patreon. Get access to thousands of hours of back episodes. Get bonus episodes and exclusive shows. Castle Chronicles. Breakfast Soup. Pay-per-view recaps. DVDs. Beer koozies. Tattoos. And more. Support the show that's entertained millions for over 16 years. Patreon.com slash Don Tony. Once again, Patreon.com slash Don Tony.